Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. Today is week three of our vision series for 2023. And today we're going to go back right to the beginning where God created mankind, Genesis 1.27. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And goes on to say that everything that he had created was good, very good. And he placed them in the garden uh, to work it and take care of it. And so God handed over the care of the garden to his human creation to work for God, to work with God in partnership with him, bearing somehow his image. And somehow in a way that we probably don't understand, we see God in the garden with Adam and Eve together, a picture of goodness and peace. The Bible calls this shalom. So much more than peace, the way we normally think of it. It means completeness and harmony, the way things ought to be. But included in this, in this was the possibility of choice, described in Genesis as two trees. One, the tree of life, and the other, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And life is defined by choice. And not all the choices that we make are necessarily the best ones we can make. Some of the very small decisions that we make have huge impact on the course of our lives. It's not those big life-changing decisions, where should I live, what should I do, the small things. And they chose to be like God, to take control of their own destiny. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Rome, and in Rome describes it this way. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped <clears throat> and served created things rather than the creator. They chose to create their own reality, to take control of their own lives, leaving God out of it. And that's what we do. We run after our own version of happiness, our own version of prosperity. The things that we build for ourselves become the center of what we do and who we are. And as Adam and Eve were put out of the garden, things went horribly wrong. Their sons became embroiled in arguments. Cain murdered Abel. Jealousy, <clears throat> fighting, war took over. And a complete breakdown in society took place. And the world that we live in today is a reflection of this. We see injustice all around, violence against women and children, systems of government that was designed to help 
to provide education, to provide health care for men and women. And today, particularly the marginalized, find themselves having to fend for themselves. But God, in spite of man's rebellion, he said, they are my people. And so he chose a man, chose a man called Abraham. And in Genesis 12, verse 1, he told him, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land <clears throat> that I will show you. I will make you a great, into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever, whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. He chose a man and his family who would grow into the nation of Israel. They would be different, have different laws, engage with one another differently, so that they presented God's way to the nations around them. They would be the light to the world. Another Old Testament, that thick book, the majority of it, the big bit in the middle, tells the story of Israel's relationship with God. We don't understand it. It's complicated to our 21st century minds. But it's the story of God and his people and their relationship with him. Their struggle to remain faithful, worshipping other gods, then coming back to him, then worshipping other gods, and all the while, God was reaching out, meeting with individuals and crying out to the nation through the prophets. But ultimately, through their choices, they ended up in exile in Babylon, one of the great empires of the ancient world. God's love for his creation was so great that he then said, let me come myself to where they are, to where we are, and rescue them from themselves. And so Jesus came, and he lived amongst us, preaching the good news of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is near, right here. But he too was rejected he became a victim of injustice. He experienced miscarriage of justice as he was taken to trial. His friends deserted him, and he was taken alone and hung by the Roman authorities on a cross, was murdered. And in some way, in that moment, some mysterious way, he absorbed into us, into himself, sorry. He absorbed into himself all of the brokenness and corruption and pain and rebellion and sin of the world. He took it upon himself at the, in the, at the cross. But on the third day, he rose again. 
and things changed. From death to life, from hopelessness to hope, from a life without God to a life with God, a with God kind of life. A restored relationship between the creator God and his creation. Paul, in his letter to the, to, to the church at Corinth, says it like this. So that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What is old has passed away. And to the Colossians, and you were at one time strangers and enemies in your minds as expressed through your evil deeds, but now, but now, he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you without blemish and blameless before him. So we as followers of, followers of Jesus are living in a but now moment. Once we were, but now. Without God, but now. Without hope, but now. A new creation. And so we can enjoy a different kind of life where we experience God in our lives. He knows us. We know him. He cares. He's with us. It's possible to walk with God present in our lives in this evil age. But what is this new creation kind of life? When we are living out our normal day-to-day -day lives, Monday to Friday, lives in a broken world plagued by corruption, crime and violence, greed and exploitation, poverty and lacks, Lack systems that are meant to serve us, but are dysfunctional to the core. The shalom of the garden is broken and corrupted. Things are not the way they ought to be. We know that. Things are not the way we ought to be. But what can we learn from God? God is a champion of justice. God is on the side of the poor. God's love is to act. He's a champion of justice. And in the Old Testament, there's so many passages which show God's strong and unwavering position on justice. And in Deuteronomy, we read, the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great and mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. And then he goes on to say in Micah, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? 
to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. As we look at the life of Jesus, it's abundantly clear that he had a heart for the poor and the marginalized. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He reached out to them and he fed them. He was moved by what he saw and he healed. Many of the stories of his interaction with people, especially women, were those on the margins of society, people who were excluded from normal Jewish society. And the religious leaders of the time were scandalized that he allowed these people to come near him, that he engaged with prostitutes and foreigners and those who'd been cast out of society because of their illnesses. And so in the book of James, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, Keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And God showed us what love is in action. He told a story of, of a man who traveled down from Jerusalem. And he was mugged, robbed, and left for dead. And three men passed by. Two of them chose to do nothing. The priest and the Levi, the religious leaders in the land, chose to ignore him. But a Samaritan, a foreigner in the land, he stopped and he helped. He didn't just call 911 and then walk on. He did much more. He took him. He dressed his wounds. He took him to a place to be cared for. He said to the owner, I'll come back and pay you whatever I owe you. God acts. And so what do these things mean? For us in our, everyday, in our everyday lives, our ordinary lives. Aldous and I, uh, one day last year, we went to the funeral of a friend. Not a very good, close friend. And it was more of a wake than a funeral. No mention of God meeting in a club to share memories. And one of the stories that her son told was how one day a homeless man, a beggar, knocked on her door asking for help. And so she gave him some food, but also she took his clothes and gave him a set of clothes from her husband and said, come back next week, which he did. And again, she gave him a meal 
And she took his dirty clothes again. And he gave him the clothes that she'd washed, washed and ironed. And year after year after year, that man came to her door. And she gave to him. And so now this may not have solved his real problem. The fact that he was without work and without a home. But in some way, he'd been seen as a person and a degree of dignity had been given to him. And even in our own adversity, it's possible for God to use that. Again, another woman, in fact, a close friend of my mother-in-law's when they were young, uh, this lady, Beryl, she adopted a baby boy and girl. And soon they found, found out that the, that the boy was profoundly deaf. And so imagine the heartache. Imagine the pain and the disappointment. But she became involved in working with the deaf community and eventually led the Society for the Deaf in South Africa and was involved internationally. That tragedy was a seed for good. And even in our darkest moments, God is able to bring about good for others. And the point is not that we have to do these amazing things. Most of us are just ordinary people, living ordinary lives, struggling to survive. But God can be in the middle of our circumstances, taking something of us. And then with the people that we encounter, they will see us differently. Even the person sitting next to you. Maybe you don't know them from a bar of soap. Maybe you know them intimately. But what is it in your hand to give to them today? And so these issues are overwhelming in our community and round about us. What can be done? We know that we should be loving and helping our neighbors. Neighbors, Most of us know what we've been talking about. Intuitively, we know we should be doing these things. Maybe it's nothing new for you. In fact, by now, you may be feeling guilty and condemned, helpless, maybe even angry. Often, we don't know what to do. Maybe we don't even want to. And here's the thing. We could decide tomorrow to go out and do these things. Love our neighbor. Be the kind of person towards the person at work that's persecuting us, our enemy. To go out and feed the hungry. To work on behalf of those who are suffering. And we'll more than likely fail. After a week or so, or maybe a bit longer, if we do these things out of obligation, we will fail. Our tanks will run dry. 
But something is different. But now, something is different in who we are. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And we can tap into a source of love and power that is not ours, that somehow comes from outside of me and enables us to live a life that is not our own. We can live, Jesus can live in and through us, and we will begin to display something of that image of God. And around us, this broken world and the people we find ourselves in contact with daily, day, day to day. Some of us have, may have a very small circle of influence, but God can take us and show something of himself and of his love and of his compassion and of his care. Lord Jesus, help us. And so today, are you willing? Are you willing to allow God to come and mess with your life? To begin to work with our minds and our hearts and to change the way we think. To begin to fill us with compassion that is not from ourselves. To open us up to new ways of thinking and seeing the world we live in the people that we come into contact with. And as we, do, as we do so, we see our neighbor suffering with new eyes. A single mother struggling to cope because there are no health services to help her. No resources to care for a child. When we see a child struggling with schoolwork because of a failing education system. When we see these things and our hearts are stirred, fueled by Jesus' love, what seed do you have in your hand that you could sow into a mother's life? What seed do you have as you draw alongside a child struggling because of his um, lack through that education system, can we say, here I am, let me help you, I'm on your side. And so something, a deposit into his life that may transform the direction of his whole life. And to, many, and to the many young women and, and men struggling out there to find work, an impossible situation in South Africa today. How can we use our skills to help coach and prepare them to stand a better chance in the job market by showing them how to write a CV, to preparing them for a job market? The source of our love for our community and our neighbor can only be the life of Jesus in us. Anything else will fail. And so can we, as his people, as his church, here at this time in our lives, 
And in this time, in our community, begin to reflect and show the compassion and love of Jesus to our neighbors, energized by the love and life of Jesus. And so, we come to a moment where are we willing to do that? Are we, are we willing to allow God? Maybe tough. Maybe it'll take courage. Maybe you don't know. But are we willing? That's all. Just willing. May God help us today. May he help us and move within us in a way that brings glory to him. His church, the feet of Jesus, the hands of Jesus in this community today.